The Bible Study Podcast, episode 348. Today, the Bible Study Podcast concludes the study of the Gospel of John. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. This should be the last episode, the 27th episode in our study of the Gospel of John. We'll talk about where to go next at the end of this episode. This is John 20, and it is Easter. It is the empty tomb, and this is the point of the gospel. Even though John is telling the story that he knows his readers have already heard, this really is the point of the gospel, and this is the really the point of all four gospels, is the empty tomb. And so we start in verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him, and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. So this is John's account, and we believe John, of course, being the other disciple, whenever that is mentioned, the disciple whom Jesus loved. He says that not because Jesus didn't love the other disciples, but that, I think, is how he sees himself. And I really hope that is the way you see yourself, too. I hope that every time you think of yourself, you think of yourself as Mary, the person whom Jesus loved, David, the person whom Jesus loved, Chris, the person whom Jesus loves. Because that is the reality and that is the truth of the situation. So John outraces Peter. They get to the tomb first when Mary of Magdala, Mary Magdalene, brings this word that the tomb is empty. This is surprise. This is not what they were expecting, certainly not what Mary was expecting when she goes to the tomb. And we learn, according to the other Gospels, with other women as well. And so they find the tomb empty, and so they race there. And John says, He saw this and he believed. But notice that he gets to the tomb and he looks in and is hesitant, it sounds like, or that's what I get from the piece. He he doesn't know what to make of it at first. He sees it, and Peter is, of course, the one who is the brave one. Peter's the one who will put his foot where his mouth is, but he will also step up. He will step out of the boat and walk on water, and he steps into the tomb, and they see that the body isn't there, but the the cloths are still there. Folded laundry put away, no longer needed. And John says he believes, but he still doesn't understand completely. And so he continues on. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned around, saw Jesus standing there, but did not realize it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you were looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him. Jesus said to her, Mary. 
She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. So Mary is still at the tomb, apparently, after John and Peter go away, and she has this encounter, the first encounter of everyone with the risen Lord. Mary, who was one of the people who stood by the mother of Jesus, Mary, at the cross. Mary, who was a rich woman who helped support the disciples, who had been delivered from seven spirits by Jesus. Mary, who was already grieving for Jesus and now is grieving that she doesn't even have the body to mourn Jesus. She's thinking that it's worse than she thought when obviously she's about to learn that the situation is much, much better than she had imagined because she is standing with the risen Jesus. She is standing looking at this stranger. She does not recognize Jesus at first until he calls her by name. And remember that Jesus is the good shepherd who knows us by name. And remember that you are the disciple whom Jesus loves. And he knows you by name as well. He calls her by name and she she says, teacher. She recognizes him. Well, he's obviously more than teacher, but she doesn't understand just like Peter and James don't understand the whole picture yet. And he says, I've got something for you to do. Now, she had a task today, but obviously her task of anointing the body for burial is no longer necessary. And so she's given something else to do instead, and it's spread the good news, spread the word. The other Gospels are also consistent that Jesus appears to Mary first or appears to the women first. And as they come back and tell the disciples that the disciples have trouble believing the women. And it's interesting because the Gospels are all written, all four of them written by men, but they all say, yeah, we got the news from them and we had trouble with it. We didn't understand it. We didn't believe it at first. Not their proudest moment. John doesn't mention that part, but of course for John, John has already believed by this point. So it's not part of his narrative because it's not part of his story. But he goes on, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came, stood among them, and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So they're in this upper room, the same place where they were just a few days earlier, celebrating that Passover celebration that we know as the Last Supper, that one that John spent so much time telling us about. They're now back here with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. They're still in fear. They don't know what's going on. They've heard this news from the women. They know that Jesus may be back, or maybe he's not. There's some doubt. There's some question about that. And then suddenly he is with them, and his very first word is peace. Into this situation of fear, into the situation of uncertainty, of doubt, he brings a word of peace. And suddenly they go from doubtful, from afraid, to overjoyed. The presence of Jesus changes things. It changed things in the upper room, and it changes things in our life, too, if we let Jesus work in our lives, too. 
It can take us from our moments of fear. It can take us from our moments of uncertainty and bring us peace and bring us joy. It doesn't immediately bring all the answers. They don't at this point understand all the things that they're going to understand later on. Not a few hours earlier, Mary was still confused. Is he teacher? Is he Lord? Peter and John were confused. They may not have had all their questions answered, and yet the whole room, the whole moment has changed. And it's changed for all of the disciples, all of the apostles except for one, and that's Thomas, who isn't there. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hand, reach out your hand and put it in my side, stop doubting, and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus said, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And I think that one of the reasons that John tells this story is not so much a knock on Thomas. Thomas, remember, was the one who, when they're heading towards Jerusalem, Thomas says, let's go with him also. Even though they think that Jesus will die, will be killed in Jerusalem, which is correct, by the way, even though they were afraid and had reason to be afraid, Thomas says, let's go with him that we may die with him. And yet this Thomas is not in the same situation, hasn't seen the same things, and has doubts. We know him as Doubting Thomas, but it is an unfair characterization of a man who leads a life of faith before and after this, who dies a martyr's death in India. If you know any friends who are Christians from India, they can tell you more of Thomas and what he did there. But I think the reason John tells this story is that he is telling a story to a next generation of Christians. This is written after many of the other disciples probably have died, and he is telling the story to them because they were also not in the room at the time. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed, Jesus says to Thomas, and then through John says to us as well. And then the last two verses of John's gospel are this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The same reason he tells us What Jesus says to Thomas is the same reason he has taken the time to write the book. He has written this so we can have his eyewitness account while he is still able to write it, and so that in hearing his witness, we can come to believe and therefore have life. And that is my prayer for you, that you may come to believe, that you may strengthen your faith, and that you may have life. And with that, we wrap up the Gospel of John. We have not talked about what we're going to do next. I hadn't gotten any suggestions from people. And so I'm thinking what we'll do is we'll do a study of the Psalms. Now, when I say we will do a study of the Psalms, you may know there are 150 chapters in Psalms. Now, 
It took us 27 episodes to get through the 20 chapters of John. And so if we were to do one per chapter of Psalms, it would take us more than three years at the pace that we are going. So we won't do every Psalm, but I'd like to do maybe six weeks worth of psalms, or more we'll have to see, but we'll pick out some different types of psalms or some important psalms, and we haven't really had a chance to do that yet, so I'm hoping we will learn something from that. And one of the things that I hope that we can learn from psalms is praying to God in adversity, and another is worship. So come back next week for the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, feel free to send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Hi, friend. Are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of, too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's Word, to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.